This is the Roots Student Ministry Podcast. We are based in Southern California, and our mission is for students to connect, grow, and go in their faith alongside other believers. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle CSM Roots. Now, let's get into this week's message. Hi, everyone. My name is Tyler, and we are starting a brand new series today. So have you ever been so emotionally invested in a book that you just can't wait to find out what happens? And if you have, maybe you flip to the table of contents to read the chapter titles and see if they contain any clues about the plot. Or maybe you've felt like this whole binging a Netflix series and after watching a few jaw-dropping episodes, you check to see how many seasons and episodes are left to watch until you find out what kind of happens. So by looking at the table of contents, we can see individual chapters or episodes within the context of the whole story from beginning to the end. And this series that we are in is entitled Table of Context. And the hope here is that by looking at the context of the Bible, we can better understand and maybe even love the story of God as told in the Bible, and more importantly, better to understand who God is. And if any book needs a table of context, it's the Bible. The Bible is no joke. Some people love reading the Bible, but others feel intimidated at the thought of reading it. And honestly, I get that. And maybe when you read the Bible, it makes total sense and it encourages you. But maybe when you read the Bible, you come away with more questions than you actually had before that you actually started reading. And if that last bit is true for you, I can see how you might feel both confused and frustrated, maybe even anxious. And if the Bible is from God and for us, then why wouldn't God make it easy for us to understand? So if you have questions about the Bible, then you should just ask someone who knows a lot about the Bible, right? Well, yes, But before you get too excited, I'll remind you that different people believe different things about the Bible. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. You asked a question to a few people and each of them gave you a different answer. Yet they all spoke with authority like they know the right way to understand the Bible. And because of that, you're still confused. Or maybe you couldn't care less about reading or understanding the Bible. And maybe you've seen how the Bible has been used to judge or hurt and exclude other people. And you don't want any part of that. And that's fair. And I'm with you on that because that's not what the Bible is actually for. So you might be asking, what is the whole Bible for? Like some people use the Bible as a weapon. Some look at it as a history book. Some look at it as a cup of coffee and a way to wake up and feel better. Some people read it as fiction. Some people act like it's an instruction manual. But what is the Bible for, really? What's the point? And backing up a little, who even wrote the Bible and how long ago? It's 2023. With what we know about science, how can we take the Bible seriously? Those are some big questions, but I want you to know that this, whole, this is a safe place for all of the questions. And if I had to guess, I imagine almost all of us have even more questions about the Bible than what I just mentioned. And you don't have to put aside your curiosity, doubt, or frustration with the Bible when you show up here. We care about helping you ask questions. Be open and honest. You don't need to fake anything. Now, let me be clear. There's just no way that we'll be able to answer 
every question that you have about the Bible in this series. And the hope is that you'll leave here with a few answers about the Bible that will sort of like, sort of like a table of context. Answers to help you see that all of the stories in the Bible are telling one big story of God and God's love for all people. So let's take a look at your Bible's actual table of contents. You'll see that the Bible is divided into two sections. Number one, the Old Testament. It's the beginning of the story of God's relationship with God's people. And number two, the New Testament. is the story of continue, the continued with the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus in the beginning of the church. And the Bible is a collection of historical documents, of poems, letters, eyewitness accounts, teachings, songs, and other kinds of writings. And we call each separate writing a book. And there are 66 books in the Bible. And these books were written at different times throughout history by different people, some known and some unknown, but all of them were leaders of God's people who were instructed by God to write what they did. The writers were passed down from generation to generation, kept safe by scribes who had the important job of preserving the writings and carefully making more copies. And the Bible, as we know it, was put together by leaders of the early church who were able to tell which books were authentic. With that in mind, I want to look at one of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, which means it was in which part of the Bible? Yep, you got it, the New Testament. It was written by John, who knew Jesus personally and was one of his friends. John lived longer than any of Jesus' other disciples, and when he was old, he decided to write down what he remembered about Jesus. And he may have been one of the last people living who actually remembered hanging out with Jesus. John starts his account like this in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you may be thinking, this sounds like a riddle. Like, you're right. It does kind of sound like that. But give me a, a minute to try to explain what's going on here. You see, John was Jewish, like Jesus. He grew up learning the Jewish scriptures. And a lot of what he called, a lot of what we call the Old Testament now. He would have known the story where God speaks all of creation into existence. That happens in Genesis 1. And throughout the Jewish scriptures, the word of God was described as having the very nature and power of God. God's word was more than just a bunch of sounds or syllables. God's word is God's essence, the exact representation of God's character and power. Okay, cool. Well, maybe you learned something new, but as far as John really hasn't said anything new to the average Jewish reader, but wait. Here comes the plot twist. He continue, continued in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Okay, John. John is letting us all in on what he got to know and, and experience firsthand. Who Jesus is. The word of God. When John refers to Jesus as the word of God, he is saying that Jesus has always existed with God, has acted with God, like when God created the heavens and the earth, and has the same nature and power of God. These are pretty wild statements to make about someone. John is making it clear that Jesus isn't just your average guy, 
Despite growing up in the little town of northern Israel and on the outside looking, looking like any other Jewish man, Jesus is the Word, and the Word is God. Jesus is God. God is the main character here, and that's why we call the Bible the Word of God. The Bible tells us who God is and what God is about. The historical accounts, the poems, the stories, the letters, and everything else in the Bible all points to God. God's story is the story of the Bible. And early on in God's story, when the Old Testament was written, God told prophets what he was like, and then the prophets would pass on what God said to everyone else. But today we have the whole Bible, the whole story of God, and we can know who God is through Jesus. One Jewish writer who wrote to the, the new followers of Jesus in the letter that is known as the book of Hebrews descri described it this way in Hebrews 1 verse 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Jesus is the perfect image of God the clear and complete way to see God. And when we know Jesus, we know God. And while we can't possibly know everything about God, the more we look at Jesus, the more we will see God. So how many of you guys like to cook? I know I, I'm not a huge cook. I, I, can, I can do decent and, and do it, but uh, my wife, she does a little bit better at that stuff than me. So uh, if maybe you don't like to cook, but how many of you love to eat cooked food? Okay, great. And at some point, all of us have benefited from one of having one of these things. This is uh, a sift or something like that. And the last time you ate th those delicious French fries from McDonald's, they poured them into a filter so all the oil isn't on your fries when they're served to you. Okay, so when it comes to reading the Bible, let us uh, use our filter of Jesus. So I'm going to write this, take that off, and then uh, I'm going to dump this in. And we have a filter that kind of pours in, and that filter is Jesus. So uh, after you've done that, you want to see what you have left. And you kind of like are sifting through here, and you see, okay, this is, this is the good stuff. This is what I really need. This filter is Jesus. So what is consistent with what you know and have seen to be true in Jesus' life and words? Hold on to that. And you could even say like, okay, eat that. That's the good stuff. And then, but what about this stuff here? There will always be some parts that kind of, as you're going through, it's, it's confusing. There's, there's just the juice, like what is, what is really going on here? And you don't really know what to do with this. And there will be some parts that just don't make the cut for you. And it doesn't make sense. And you will still have those questions to try to understand more about the Bible. And that's okay. These questions happen to all of us. We all have parts that confuse us. We, we may even come back to some of those things later, but we will, for now, we're just going to eat the good stuff, the stuff that we know, what lines up with what we know to be true about Jesus. And how do we look at Jesus? By doing what he did. Reading the words written by those who knew him best. Those who saw his miracles the, that he performed and who were moved by the power with which he spoke. Thanks again, John. It all comes from him. 
So remember that, that big and slightly troubling question that we asked earlier? We asked, what is the Bible for? The answer is surprisingly simple. To know God and to know him most fully through Jesus. All of our other questions about the Bible are important and necessary to ask, but when we remember that God is the main character, everything starts to make a little bit more sense. The Bible helps us to know God. And this happens in a variety of ways, from stories to instructions, even historical details. So let's look at something Jesus said in order to know God better. And after we read it, I'm going to give you three questions to think through that will help you understand the verse. And you can actually ask these questions for any verse that you read in the Bible. In a conversation with a religious leader, Jesus was asked which commandment was the greatest. And it was kind of a trap because the religious leader knew that no matter what Jesus picked as the most important, it would imply that something else was less important. And here's how Jesus answered in Mark 12, 30-33. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Basically, Jesus is, says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what's most important. So knowing that about Jesus, answer these questions. What does this teach me about God? If Jesus cared about loving God and loving your neighbor, what does God care about? He cares about love. What do people think uh, that God cares about most? Does that line up with what Jesus says? Is there anything that needs to change in the way I see God? Next question. What does this teach me about me? Another way to ask this question is, what does this teach me about humans in general? Knowing what I learned about God by answering the question above, what can I learn about myself? In this case, it teaches me that God assumes that I love myself. It's part of loving my neighbor, almost like loving me as part of the package deal with loving God and loving others. And the last question, what does this teach me about how I need to live or treat others? We might read the best verse and be so inspired by it, but if we don't know how to take that verse into our day-to-day -day lives, then it won't do much good. So ask yourself, if I, put in, if I put it into practice, how would it affect the way I treat my mom or my stepbrother? What do I need to do differently in light of the fact that Jesus says loving your neighbor is part of the greatest commandment? So three questions. What does this teach me about God, myself, and other people? These three questions can help us understand the Bible better. And as we do, we'll get to know God better. And that's the whole point. The Bible helps us know God. And the truth is the Bible can be confusing, but reading the Bible and knowing the purpose of the Bible will help clear some things up. And the purpose of the Bible is to know God better. So read the Bible with Jesus in mind. Let what Jesus says and does help you interpret the Bible. He's your like 3D glasses and he will make the rest of it clearer. And as you change the way that you see the Bible, 
it'll be good, it'll be a good idea to talk with an adult that you trust, someone you, that you can bring your questions and thoughts to. And in fact, your life group leader may be a great person to go to. This is exactly why we have life groups, to be in a safe place where we can talk about what we're learning and what we're confused about in the Bible. So this week, start reading the letter of John that John wrote. Begin asking the three questions that we talked about. Types of your, type, type your thoughts into your notes section in your phone, and then talk about them with your life group leader. We can't wait to hear what you learn about God in the process. So let me pray for you. God, I just thank you so much for bringing the word of God to us so that we can learn and grow. And God, as the word says, Jesus came as the son of God and he did everything for us. So God, I pray that as we uh, learn and grow, we read scripture through the filter of Jesus. So thank you for your goodness to us. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.